Welcome to Walking in Faith, a weekly podcast dedicated to examining the Bible to help lifelong seekers of the kingdom of God expand their faith and understanding by exploring God's Word. It's wonderful to share the Word of God. It's a great privilege. And at the same time, it's a great responsibility before the Lord because we have to always try to interpret the, the Bible the correct way. And I, I believe that God can speak to us through his word. And he has something marvelous for all of us this morning. And I also wanted to introduce my wife. I think she stayed in the car. <laughs> I go, no, just come. And I mean, the Holy Spirit will give you the, the understanding in English. Don't worry. <laughs> but there, she's right out, out there. And um, I just wanted to introduce uh, her as well, but maybe she'll come in in just a little bit. So, but let, let's pray and ask the Lord to guide us and to help us to understand his word and to be able to, to apply it to our lives. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the privilege that you give us to open your word, to meditate on it, and to hear your voice through your word, that you may speak to every single one of us that you may show us what we, need to, what we need to improve in our daily walk with you. That you will please speak with us, to us and help us to understand everything that we're going to say this morning. If there's any, any words that I may not explain well, that I ask you that your Holy Spirit would take control of that. And that you will help us to understand what, what the true meaning is of your holy word. We thank you, Lord, because it is wonderful. It is beautiful to be in, in the sanctuary, worshiping God, like David said, that day after day, he was in your sanctuary. He wanted to worship your name. And he was in your presence in the, during the morning, during the afternoon, during the night, experiencing your great uh, power and your great, and your greatness in his life. And also not only him, but also Paul and, other, and the disciples and other people in the Bible, how you greatly use them powerfully to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this wonderful morning. Stay with us. Help us to understand your word that, that every single day uh, it will make an impact in our lives, that we can also impact others to follow you as the Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, brothers, uh, it's, it's wonderful to be here with you guys this morning. It's, it's always, like I said, a privilege to, to share the Word of God. It's, um, it's not the same as when I preach in Spanish. <laughs> please, please understand, because it's, it's a shift of of languages, and it's, it's not easy, but I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here, and he will guide us to understand every single word that we're saying. But in 1913, when William Taft welcomed his assessor, Woodrow Wilson, to the White House, he warned Wilson that the presidency was going to be a lonely place in the world. Wilson would later write, I never dreamed 
such loneliness and desolation of heart possible. We, we, we don't think of leaders as being lonely, but it happened to Paul. In his second Roman imprisonment, he was confined in a prison in Rome and felt lonely, like everyone had deserted him except Luke. No one was with Paul. And even in the day that of when he died by beheading, and we, we always ask, we don't know of any human that was probably with him, but God was. And it is impressive that in life, we're going to go through really tough times. Sometimes we'll experience loneliness. Sometimes we'll experience sadness. Sometimes we'll experience uh, uh, disarray. But we're always going to go through really tough times. And why? Because of sin. Because when sin took over and came through our first parents or Adam and Eve, everything fell down. And that's why we, we are so sad sometimes. There's loneliness sometimes. And even leaders go through that. You may even say, like, like you know, Woodrow Wilson, he said, the, the White House is the loneliest place that I can ever find. And he was there for, what, four years, I think, as, as president. But even before the pandemic, surveys show that one-third of Americans over 45 years were lonely. The percentage were, was huge among young adults. During COVID, the numbers became global health crisis. Loneliness is an epidemic, but it isn't new. Even the men and women of God have experienced that. The rich, the poor, the layman, the divorced, single mothers and fathers, the young, the executive, the unemployed. We all go through loneliness. We all experience that. And we may even ask, who will save us of this loneliness? Who will save us of our sadness? And we are surrounded by lonely people. At work, at, at the, on the streets, with your neighbor, you don't know what they're going through. One time, uh, some, some, some man was, was, was um, talking about his experience with, in his hotel. There was a young lady on the fourth floor that he didn't know anything about her. That he was cleaning the windows, and the lady just looked at him and said, hello, how are you doing this morning? And the guy turned around and said, fine, thank you. As soon as the guy turned around and started cleaning the windows again, that lady threw herself from the balcony of that fourth floor. And nobody ever knew what was going through her mind until they found a note in, in, her, in, her, in her room that said, I feel like lonely, like nobody cares for me. Nobody likes me. Everybody has deserted me, not even my family. I feel I am the loneliest person on earth. And she committed suicide. No one is immune to loneliness. Even the prophets in the Old Testament went through it. There were 12 minor prophets and all of them experienced loneliness, but God was with them. 
And there's a prophet in the Bible that was so dramatic and it was so strong in his convictions, but experienced loneliness. And we're going to read about him in just a minute. The Bible says that he detained, he stopped the rain for over three and a half years. He confronted a king face to face. He was very wicked. And, you know, this, this king that he confronted, which was Ahab, and we're going to read in First uh, uh, Kings chapter 19. And he did evil before the sight of the Lord. And her, his wife, Jezebel, who was a princess, also worshipped Baal and forgot about God, about the Lord, and they went their own way, worshipping other gods. And this great man, the prophet of God, he prayed to the Lord and fire came down from heaven. He ordained and then he ordained the executions of 450 false prophets and predicted when the drought would end, which which took three and a half years. And then rain started coming again. He did so many great things in the sight of the Lord, but yet he experienced loneliness. God used him so powerfully because in James chapter 17, it says, Elijah was a man who suffered to, to like passions as that it might, he prayed earnestly that he might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. And I want you to go to this passage that we're going to read today and see how this great man of God went through difficulties in his life. And we're all going to go through difficulties in, in this life. Why? Because the closer we get to the Lord, the, the closer we, we want God in our lives, we're going to have more persecution. We're going to have more tribulation. People are even going to bully us. People are even going to turn our backs against us. Because why? Because we're following the Lord and they don't want anything with the Lord. And sometimes it makes us sad because we're trying to communicate a good message to them. We're trying to give them something good to them. But what happens? They don't want it. They want to follow their own ways of sin. But we have decided to what? Go after holiness and righteousness, which God is asking us to do. I remember there was a guy at work one time. Um... He used to come in every morning and used to greet everybody. Very friendly. Hey, Louis, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? And, and the Lord spoke to me that day, and, I, and, and, and there was something that, that kinda, I, I kind of heard, you know, and it was something good because the devil will never tell you anything. But, uh, you know, he said, go and tell him about me. Go and preach to him about the gospel. Tell him that I love him. And I can change his life. So while I was thinking that, two days after, they found him dead in the mountains. And nobody ever knew what had happened to him. And I didn't even know. I I thought he was a really happy guy. You know, he would come to work every day and smile at everybody and, you know, um, um, friendly and all that. But we don't know what they're going through their lives inside of them. Let's uh, please turn to 1 Kings chapter 
19. And it says, chapter 19, verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Remember, I, I, I was telling you that Ahab was, he was a very evil. Uh, he did really bad things before the, the sight of the Lord. And we draw low that he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Remember I told you that he, he slain 450 false prophets of Baal. And now, look, look at Jezebel had, you know, she's the prince back then. And she, she wants his head. <laughs> I want that prophet. He's the, he's the one, he's the only one remaining on this earth. Because they had, she had killed the rest of them. And listen to what it says. Then Jezebel sent a message into Elijah saying, so let the gods to, to, to me be me. And more also, if I make not thy life, as the life of one of them by the morrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than, than, than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel of the Lord touched him and said unto him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a, a, a cake bacon on the coals. Wow, good food, huh? And a cruise of water in his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights into Oreb, the mount of God. What happened to Elijah? Very powerful man being used by God. From what I see here is that he got tired physically, first of all. And I see that, secondly, he, he got angry emotionally. He got annoyed. Thirdly, he, he stopped turning to God. And sometimes we tend to do that. When we feel bad, when we feel lonely, we start tending to, to depart away from God. And that's when the trouble comes. That's when the consequences come of sin. And fourthly, he isolated socially from everyone. That's very dangerous. And we're going to talk about, I want to talk a little bit more about that in, in, in just a little bit. But Elijah had a breakdown. He had a collapse. He said, Lord, take my life. I feel like dying. I cannot handle this anymore. Have you ever felt that way? That was the Elijah syndrome. Everyone, sometimes we feel deserted. And sometimes even by, by the Lord, by God, and say, Lord, where are you? I'm going through this trouble. I'm going through this difficulty. I'm going through this. Where are you? What can I do to fix this? 
But in the midst of his syndrome and loneliness, God did this. This is so wonderful about the Lord. That every time you feel this loneliness inside of you, every time you feel sad, every time you feel despair, like, like the world is collapsing and coming all over you, and then the Lord speaks and goes, hey, wait a minute, Louis, wait a minute. I'm there. I'm there. I will rescue you. I will help you. What a wonderful God we have. So I see four things here happening. And I, and I did mention it right now. Emotionally, I see that God helped him receive his presence. And how can we do that? How can we battle with this loneliness, with this sadness, with this despair sometimes that I'm feeling inside? My brother, I want to tell you four things today that has helped me to overcome loneliness, to overcome, you know, despair. Or anything that I may be going through. And the first thing I want to tell you is that prayer is important in your life. You know, a great majority of Christians are not praying enough. A great majority of Christians, they get up in the morning, they don't even pray to the Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you for this another day. And God bless me. And boom, you go. That's not prayer. We need to spend time with, with the Lord, either in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, whenever you can. But when you pray to the Lord, you, you're, you're asking for not just his blessing, but you're also recognizing who he is in your life. And if we go to the Lord's prayer, when it says, hallowed be thy name. A lot of people tell me, Lois, I stopped praying, and after two minutes, I don't know what else to say. It happens to me too. <laughs> I don't know about Pastor Al, but <laughs> we start praying and we go, Lord, I don't have any more words to say. What do you want me to say? You know, <laughs> and we come short, right? But then the Lord says, just stay still. I'll speak to you. I'll talk to you through my word. Because you're not going to. He's not going to come and go, hey, Lewis, you know, like he did to Elijah. Because in the Old Testament, he was doing that, you know. But he will talk to you through his word. And the more we are deep into the Lord, the more you're going to grasp what his presence. And then when you get up that morning, you go, hey, bro, I'm ready to go to work. Even if I don't like my work, but I'm, I'm ready to go. Even if I don't like the people who are there, but I'm ready to be a difference and to be a blessing to other people. But look at what the Lord's Prayer says. I, I, most of the time I tell people, you know what, sometimes it's hard to pray. It's not easy. But if you start praising God and honoring God and giving him praises for what he is and who he was and who is to become in our lives, you're going to recognize his, most, his power. Because, you know, when you start praying... You just say, hallowed be thy name. May your will be done in heaven as in earth. And when you start proclaiming that God is great and God is good, you know, you probably, maybe you already spend maybe two or three minutes right, right there in his presence already. And then it keeps saying, well, 
I want to go there because I don't want to just put words in in my mouth here. But um, Matthew chapter 6. Look at the Lord's Prayer. And he trained his disciples on how to pray. And you may say, but I don't know how to pray, brother. Follow this pattern. And, and, and you'll see that, that instead of just spending two, three minutes in the presence of the Lord, you're going to spend maybe 20, 25 minutes. And by the time you know it, wow, Lord, I feel overwhelmed. I feel powerful. I feel great because you make me that, Lord. It's not because of my will. It's not because of my power, but it is because of your will and your power being done in my life. And notice what it says here in verse, verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now you're already asking him of what you need. And then notice uh, verse uh, 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our others. You start asking for forgiveness. And by the time you know it, you have spent so, so wonderful time with the Lord. Telling him how wonderful he is. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy kingdom, uh, for thine, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And to forgive men their trespasses. Your heavenly father will, if ye, if ye, uh, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So my, my friend, in order for us to defeat loneliness, in order for us to defeat sadness and despair in our lives, which you will experience, we all will experience, some, some day in your life you will experience that. And, and, and like I said before, the, the more we are in the presence of the Lord, the more we are seeking the Lord, the more persecutions will come in your life, more trouble will come in your life. Why? Even Paul experienced all this. And he was a great man of God. So Philippians chapter 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So when we come before the Lord, you're not just, you're not just uh, recognizing his power, his, 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 um, his greatness, but you're also worshiping him. And you may even sing a song when you're praying, acknowledging him that he is worthy of all worship. He is worthy of all, everything that we have. And then you come with your petitions. And then at the end, you give thanks to the Lord for what he is able to do in our lives. We always want to ask the Lord to give us knowledge, to give us wisdom, to give us understanding, to give us a desire for his word. That's where prayer comes in. And say, Lord, I am weak. But with you and you being in me, I become strong. 
The second thing that I see here, I wanted to mention four of them, is that he got tired. Elijah got tired physically, and God gave him what? Food and rest. We all have to eat every day, right? (laughs) And some of us eat too much. (laughs) More than what we need, right? But the second thing that I see here is that we need to eat of the word of God. We need to read the Bible, my friends. There's a book that Pastor Rob gave us about, what, two months ago. It says, eat your Bible. And I was about to eat it. And he goes, no, no, not that way, you know. You know? <laughs> I, I don't mean it that way. But what, what it means to say is that we got to read the Bible in order for you to stand strong when the enemy comes. And when the hard times comes in your life. The great reformers in the 16th century insisted that we should read the Bible because sola scriptura, they said, scripture alone, not traditions. Because back then, a lot of people were following traditions too, but they weren't really following what the Bible said. And they said, the, the scripture is alone, is our chief, is our supreme, is our ultimate authority. And even 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says that the word of God is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training for righteousness. That you and I will what? Be trained for the service of the Lord. The Bible is enough to change and transform us into the image of Christ. As we read in the Bible, the Bible changes our spirit. And that's one of the things that I read in that book. It changes our spirits. It regenerates us. It makes us a new creation in Christ. It's no longer living me, but Christ liveth in me. The Bible also changes our minds. It gives us knowledge to determine from from good and, 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 and bad. It also changes our emotions. It also changes your will to be, to be conformed to Christ's image. Romans chapter 8, 29, Jesus said, sanctify him in your truth. Your word is truth. My brother, there's, there may be other books out there for good reading, but the Bible is not just to read and study, but it, it is to change our lives. It is to transform our lives. And we need to make it a habit. You know, there's good habits and there's bad habits. But make that one good habit of reading the word every single day. Eating the word. And you'll see how it's going to change you. It's going to revolutionize you. You're going to be a different person. You're going to go to work, even if you don't like your work, like I said. (laughs) You're going to be happy. Why? Because you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we all need. Don't abandon your Bible. J.T. Ryle said once, an abandoned Bible means that you don't really love Jesus. You don't just put your Bible in your, in your living room or just, and then, and then Sunday, Sunday morning comes and you say, oh, I got to go to church. And you undust it, you know, get the dust out of there. And then how are we going to be able to stand when, when trouble comes? 
How are we able, going to be able to stand when loneliness comes? We're not able to do it. Why? Because we don't know God's word. But the more you get deep into the word of God, even Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And when you start doing that, you say, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to get deeper with you, Lord. I want to get closer to you. Show me in your word what I need to do. And even when temptations come, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, when you have it in your head, when you have it in, 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 in memorized, which is important too, when you're reading the Bible, we should memorize the word of God. Put it in our heads. Put it in your heart. Put it in your, in, in, in your body. And even when temptation comes, look what the word of God says. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. I like that word. But God is faithful. And he will, what, take you away from that temptation and not, what does it say here? He will not suffer you to be tempted, but also make a way to escape that ye may be, may be able to bear it. He will not give you more than what you can bear. The Bible says, whenever, with what will a young man cleanse his ways? By hitting his word in, in his heart, your word in his heart. The Moody said once, the scripture was not given to increase our knowledge, but was given to change our lives. And my brother, my sister, if you want your life to be transformed and change, we got to read the word of God. We got to get deep into this book. This is the book of books because God wrote it. God, you know, he, he gave the words, and the, and, the, and the man of God started reading it. This is his own voice. And when we read it, it changes. It transforms our lives. It makes us a better person because we are really nothing without Christ. We are lost. And thirdly, is that we said that Elijah, spiritually speaking, God exhorted, or God exhorted Elijah to follow him again. Sometimes it saddens my heart when we see very few people coming to church. And that third word that I have is come to, the, come to church congregate it is so important because you know when we congregate my fr my friends my brothers we find strength in the lord why because we're all sisters and brothers we all suffer we all go through tough times you know but when we come to church we get together we we we, we you know tend to love each other to be closer with each other if somebody comes with a need we're there to help that's what the church is all about the first church that was established, right? Didn't they do that? They were all united, praising God, worshiping God together. And, and it says every day, not just Sundays. 
But if we do it on Sunday and we, we keep coming, I, I tell, you know, a lot of people tend to leave it off. Last Sunday I wasn't here because I went with my daughter. But I felt awkward. <laughs> I felt like I, I, have to, I had to be in church on Sunday. Or sometimes, you know, Randy knows this. Every time there's a running or a race out there in the world, they always do it on a Sunday. And if you're a runner, you want to run a half a marathon or, or a whole marathon, you, you know, you have to skip church because most of the running is in the morning, right? It's tough. You don't have to make a decision. Don't run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't go to those things and come to church because you will find more satisfaction in the church than in going to those other places. My friend, a lot of people leave it off and say, I got to go to Disneyland on Sunday. Why didn't you go on Saturday? I got to go ball game and the Dodgers who cares about the Dodgers I'm sorry um, or the angels are playing yes we want to go see the angels and people might criticize me if you post that Pastor Rob <laughs> but no they're, they're both good teams okay <laughs> I just want to clarify <laughs> I want no trouble with no one here so <laughs> but my brother my sister Look what it says in Hebrews 10.25, congregate to come to church. Don't put it aside. Be faithful to the Lord. Fellowship with other believers. Know the Lord, that he's at hand. Desire to nourish, to desire to, to worship him, to serve him, to get closer to him. That he gives you the strength. He gives you the power to overcome any type of thing that you may be going through life. He's our, he's our comforter. He's our refuge. Who can we go to when we are in, in, in great needs? Sometimes you can't even, if you're married, you can't even go to your husband. Because he says, I don't know how to help you. Or vice versa. But then when you go to the Lord and both of you go to the Lord, you'll find the answer because the Bible has the answer for everything. You know, when you come to church, there's, a, there's a, a great thing that we have here at church, Orange Villa Bible Church, and I love this. What is our vision? To develop life, long seekers of the kingdom of God. And that's what we do when we come to church. That's what we want to do with every single one of us. And what is our mission? Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 22. We exist for what? To glorify God. To give him everything that we have. Because we are nothing without Christ. We are nothing without the Bible. We are nothing without our brothers congregating and helping each other to come before the Lord. What is our strategy? Reach up. I like that. Reach in and reach out. Reach up because we want to focus to God. We want to worship God. Reach in because we want to share others on the fellowship and discipleship. We want to reach out serving and, and what? Reaching others in the love with the love of Jesus Christ. That's where ministry comes in. 
When we come to church, we also come to listen. We also come to preach. We also come to share, to encourage one another, to serve one another, to accept one another, to forgive one another, to bear our, our burdens to one another, to honor the Lord Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, to, to, to greet one another, to submit, to encourage one another. My friend, we come to church because we need each other. This is our family in the Lord. Oh my goodness, what's this? I should have turned it off, right? There you go. You, you see, maybe they're watching the video already in there. The Dodgers fan. The Dodgers fan, probably. I, I hope not. <laughs> so, so, my friend, when, you, when we come to church, we experience that great unity together. Don't leave it off. Don't say, I got to do other things. And then I'll, 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 you know, consecrate my life because that other, the, the next day might not ever come. I've heard of a guy one time, he said, I, I don't need God. I don't need to go to church. A week after. He lost his life in a very terrible accident. Marilyn Monroe said, I don't need Christ. I don't need God. Three days after, she was found dead in her apartment. Be careful what we do. We may hunch us. It's not that God is, 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 is a bad, God is not a bad God. He doesn't even have anything to do with it. But it is our attitude. It's what we desire. It's what we want. And sometimes we go awkwardly and we go off the ways of God. And that's when the consequences, that's when trouble comes. And, and fourthly, my friends, I see that Elijah isolated socially from others. And sometimes we tend to think that, ah, that person is okay. I don't think he needs Christ. He's a good person. But God is always telling us, witness to him. That's the first, fourth word. We are being called to witness. We are being called to evangelize. And Matthew 28, 18 says, go into the world and preach. Make disciples. Go preach about the gospel of Christ. And they, and they who believe get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the model that God gave us. And therefore, we'll be, he will be with us until the end of the ages. You don't know what people are going through out there. Sometimes I used to take the bus when I didn't have a car. And I would encounter somebody right on my side. And there was something on my head always told me, Louis, tell that person about Christ. That was the Holy Spirit. Because that was never going to tell you, tell that person about Christ. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will. And we're, everybody has a need. 
Everybody go through rough times. And we have been called to witness and to tell others about Christ. We have been called to be that light of the world, the salt of the world. Some of them are really sour. Those lives are sour. But you can give them a little bit of that salt to make it tasty. My friend, God is calling us to be witnesses for him. Don't delay it. Don't think about it twice. Don't say, well, I don't think my neighbor needs Christ. Maybe he does. Maybe he's going through a really tough time with his family, with his wife, with his kids. You don't know. But God is, is, you know, we, we should ask God to give us wisdom and to give us, Lord, make us understand who should, should I tell about? You know, this week coming up, think about that one person that you want to tell them about Christ. Preach to him. And if, and if he listens and if he hears the word of God and, and, and you know, and he wants to, to acknowledge Christ as his Lord and Savior and trust him, praise the Lord. And if he doesn't, don't worry about it. You have planted the seed. Maybe in another time, he will come and accept Christ as his Lord and Savior. But we, we, we have been called to plant the seed. And God will take care of the rest, my friend. And in conclusion, I would have to say, let's ask the Lord to give us a better time in prayer every day. Secondly, study the word. Eat it. Deep into it. If, you, if I may recommend, buy a concordance. Buy a Bible that has maybe a couple more concordance in the back that will help you and, and, and to get closer to, to, to the Bible understanding. And there was three things that I wanted to mention which I didn't mention when it comes to the reading of the, of the, of the Bible. And you say, well, but when I read it, brother, I don't understand it. I mean, there's a couple of words there that are very difficult. And, and instead of me understanding something, I used to understand something else. But, you know, there's three things. There's three words that also that book mentions. And it says, when you come before the Lord, of course, you got to pray. You don't just come and say, uh, you open the word and say, okay, uh, what am I going to read today? Wherever it opens. Don't be like that, man, you know. One time a guy was, he would read the Bible wherever it falls, you know. would open here and he goes, uh, he said, oh, and Judah went and hung himself. Ooh, I don't like that passage. So he went to another one over here and he opened it up and said, go and do the same. Oh, man, that's terrible. Don't, don't read the Bible that way. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed. But what I'm trying to say is that have a plan. And God will guide you to it. So what, what are the first, uh, three things that you must do to, in order for you to understand the word of God properly and accurately? And what the true meaning says, look, observe the, the passage. Observe the verse. Ask yourselves, when did that happen? What, did, what happened there? Is it still, is it for us? Was it for the time of Israel? Was it for us now? And you start asking all these questions. When, why, what? And you're going to notice how the Holy Spirit is going to take control. 
And it's going to guide you to understand the passage better. And then the second thing, interpret it. What is it saying to me? What is it saying to the church? And thirdly, apply it to your life. Three very simple steps that observe it, interpret it, and apply it to your life. And and you'll see marvelous results that how the Lord is going to guide you to read his word. And if you miss one day, you you know, it's like we don't miss eating, right? (laughs) Not even, some people, they don't even miss lunch or or dinner. They, (laughs) they, They eat more than what they should, right? But we should be with the word of God the same way. Deeper and deeper into the Lord. And he'll show us the right path to follow. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for your word. Because it's a delight to our soul. Thank you for being here with us this morning. And we ask you, Lord, to help us every day to have a personal encounter with you. That is the only thing that's going to help us when trouble comes. And trouble is going to come. Because the closer we get to you, Lord, the more hatred we're going to have against the world. Because the world don't want to know about you. They don't want anything with you. But we do. Because we have understood what you did on that cross of Calvary. And because of your death, because of your resurrection, we have life. And we can live now and say, I am free. Either I live or I die, we are of the Lord. And thank you, Lord, for giving us that that, that special gift that we received it. And it has changed our lives to live in holiness and, and leave sin away from us. But every time we fall, Lord, every time we commit something, every time we say something, sometimes we we may even say something that we offend other people. Sometimes even our thinking uh, that your word says, Lord, if if we're, you know, we're we're lusting after another woman just by thinking about it, we have sinned. Please help us, Lord. Because we are weak every day. But your word says, Lord, if we abide in you and your words abide in us, we will find strength. And we will have the power because you give us that power, Lord. It's not by my, it's not by my power. It's not by what I say, but it is what you say in your word. So, Lord, help us to have a better prayer in our lives. Help us to to read your word more. Help us, Lord, to congregate more, to come together as a church and learn more about you and get closer with the brothers. See, church is like a hospital. We don't always come sick, but sometimes we do. And we need each other to comfort us. We need each other to even, even a hug, even some words that will orient us. And will give us hope from your word. Oh, Lord, help us that every single day we also tell others about Christ. 
They need to know. There's a lot of people lonely out there. There's more than the, than, than the third of people that may even say, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love God. But their deeds are wrong. Whatever they do out there is wrong. It's not right before your sight. And at the end of the day, they feel lonely. They feel sad. They, they feel despair. But we have been called by you, Lord. We are your children, chosen by grace, by your mercy, and by your love. And we love you, Lord. And we give you everything that we have. Use us. That this week that, that comes, Lord, that you may put somebody in our way. That we may open up our mouth and say, you know what? Do you know Christ? Have you, have you received Christ? Have you trusted Christ in, into your life? Just ask very simple questions. And the Holy Spirit will take control of the rest. Help us, Lord, to help others to come and know you as their Lord and Savior. Thank you very much for this wonderful day. Thank you for this wonderful time that we have in your presence. We love you, we praise you, and we exalt your name because you are the God of almighty, powerful God who has given us life with Christ. Even if we die, even if we, if we live in this world, we are of Christ. We don't fear death because we are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. In Jesus' mighty name, powerful name, we pray. We ask you all these things. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's message. We encourage you to share it with others. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at info at orangevilla.org. Be sure and join us for next week's message by subscribing to this podcast. To learn more about our ministry, submit prayer requests, or to find ways you can help share the gospel, visit us online at orangevilla.org. Till next time, we hope the grace and peace of God's love be ever present in your life.